31,000, 45,000, the story of two trains of French resistance. A podcast by Mathieu Landour Engel. Elena Scoe, 31,755, the arrival to nowhere. Today is the 26th of January 1943, and the train has stopped. Most of the women are asleep. Those who are still awake are unable to locate the tea where the train has stopped. It's much too dark. Elena Scoe knows one thing. Wherever they are, she won't step out of this wagon. She heard stories from her friends. Stories about the worst place on earth, a prison camp that was built to assassinate. Back in 1940, Hélène was a seamstress working with her mother in Paris. She had a good relationship with her clients, based on trust and respect. But they were all living in a country which had an uneven relationship to its citizens. The armistice between France and Germany did not include any specifics about the Jewish population in France, yet all laws in Germany were to be applied in France, including those related to the precarization of the Jewish population. On the 27th of September 1940, German occupation forces published an ordinance defining who is a Jew. A month later, it was defined what the Jewish population was allowed to do as a profession, where they were allowed to go, what they were allowed to own. Each time, the French government agreed. In 1941, The first specifically skilled Jewish French were regrouped in French internment camps such as Drancy or the Vélodrome d'Hiver. More and more gatherings occurred. All those people were being sent somewhere. There was a reason behind it. Hélène was not Jewish, yet some of her clients were, and they needed help. She started hiding her clients at her place, at her work. She did her best to help. They explained her the years of persecution, harassment and belittling, and they told her the stories they heard of killing camps so far east that no one would know, wrapped in darkness. Hélène tried to get out of internment camps some of the people she knew, but that was one step too far to the French authorities, who saw this as suspicious and investigated her. It didn't take long before she was arrested in October 1942. Back to the present, the woman spent the entire night inside the wagons. It is silent, cold, so much colder than in France. The next morning is brutal. The woman can hear dogs shouting, the whistles of the guards, screams, hits. José, the wagon's natural leader, gives everyone the necessary motivational speech. Whatever happens, they are united and prepared. The wagon door finally opens. Chaos starts. The guards lose no time. They grab the woman's ankles and pull them out of the train. Even those who are trying to get out swiftly are pulled with violence. There is no explanation, no direction, nothing. 
only violence. One of the women loses her balance and drops her luggage on the side as she leaves the group to attempt to reach it. A guard unleashes his dog on her. Jose jumps off the train and runs to her, pulling her away from the dog's teeth. Thankfully, the dog only rips the cloth, but Jose is angry. She will not let this pass, and she stands to the guard who was supposed to hold the dog. She yells at him. How could he have been so careless with his dog? He replies by hitting her in the belly with his lead baton. Jose loses her balance. Two women need to hold her so she doesn't fall. Hélène is one of the last to leave the wagon. She doesn't want to, but she has no choice. Hélène's biggest fear is to meet with a client there, someone she couldn't have hid or tried to help. As she is forced out, she faces a light, frozen landscape. Darkness can be wrapped in snow, apparently. The women are ordered to walk to a camp in the distance, like a black stain in a greyish landscape. The ground is slippery. The luggages they are all carrying are heavy. It's a tough work. The women meet with other prisoners. It's a shock. They never met men or women looking like this. Almost all alike. Too thin for their clothes, with a blank expression on their faces. Then they see a sign in German. Vernichtungslager. Does it mean camp nothing? Or camp of creating? Or camp of creating nothing? Or is it camp of annihilation? Or extermination? Only Hélène knows exactly what it means. Her worst fear is about to become reality. The panic grows among the group with each step bringing them closer to the camp's entrance. Yet one woman starts humming the French anthem. Another one hums. She is followed by another woman, who sings a little louder. The chain keeps on enlarging. Soon, all 230 women of the train sing the national French anthem in one strong voice. An unbreakable force is moving towards Birkenau, a force not even the guards, the dogs, or the SS could shatter. Maybe some women sing because they are scared. They also sing for courage. Their voices are heard in the whole camp. Everyone stops whatever they are doing. Everyone listens. This is the voice of the resistance. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31,000-45,000, the story of two trains of French members of the Resistance. My name is Mathieu Landau-Rangel, and this is the second episode regarding the woman, the 31,000. This episode was about Hélène Ascoe and the arrival of the woman in a place they didn't yet know. This episode is a good opportunity to lay out a few more informations of the deportation of the Jewish population in France which is also called the Holocaust in France. About 75,000 Jews were deported from France to concentration camps and death camps between 1940 and 1944, 
The French Jewish population was gathered in camps such as Drancy, bonne la rolande Pitivier, and Royalieu. Then, they were transported by cattle trains, mostly to Auschwitz-Birkenau. The first transport was on the 27th of March 1942, the last on the 31st of July 1944. Those deportations have always been a subject of debate in France as to whether the French government was responsible or not for the fate of the French Jewish population. Simply put, the laws were originally German laws, which were supposed to be applied on the uh, occupied territories. That explains why it felt better for the Jewish population to attempt to cross the border and stay in the French free zone, where these laws were not applied. The Vichy regime followed those laws in the occupied zone and then applied them. The French authorities mostly carried on the task of the arrestations. So there is an obvious degree of responsibility on the French government and that's final. Yet it took an incredible amount of time for the French government to admit that responsibility. It took 50 years. A lot was thanks to people like the Klarsfeld couple whose extensive research revealed the government's complicity. Only in 1995 did the French president Jacques Chirac acknowledge French responsibility. These dark hours forever sully our history and are an insult to our past and our traditions, he said. Yes, the criminal folly of the occupiers was seconded by the French, by the French state. The French population, for the most part, was blind to what happened. It looked mostly the other way, which was to be linked with the atmosphere of anti-Semitism that existed at the time. That being said, a small percentage of the population tried to help the Jewish population, people like Hélène Ascoe, for example. There are many examples of citizens trying to help out, yet they were, unfortunately, a minority. In 1944, with the war ending in France and the French population noticing more the deportations, the opinion started to shift and the people started to disagree more. It unfortunately didn't help much as the government implemented a new police, the milice, which doubled its efforts to chase the Jewish population. Knowledge of extermination comes back in 1942 was low, but some stories came out. Those were hard-to-believe stories at the time, unfortunately. So there was no reason for the 31,000 to know or understand that they were arriving in an extermination camp. I took the assumption that Helena Scoe was aware of such camps. She may have heard stories from her clients. The scene where the woman get off the train is an invention. I have no ground to prove it happened precisely like that. I only assumed it could have happened this way given the personality and fate of uh, people like Maria Jose Alonso. I also have no way of knowing which women were in which of the four wagons. A question remains about the identity of the first woman singing the national anthem. A source mentions Daniel Casanova. Another source explained that Daniel Casanova encouraged two young girls to sing. The reason may have been that Daniel Casanova didn't have a good singing voice and was aware of it. Yet, she wished to encourage her group in a way or another. So she seeked the help of two young girls she knew had a good singing voice. Whatever the truth is remains unknown. What is known is that the entire group sang the French national anthem as they entered the Birkenau camp. Singing was an important tool for the prisoners, women and men. It helped keeping a high spirits. 
but it was very brave and surprising for the women to start singing as they arrived. It surprised the guards, the SS, who didn't try to stop them, and it gave an impression of bravery amongst the other prisoners. Elena Scoe did not survive. I've been trying to find Elena Scoe's relative, unfortunately, my research was unsuccessful. If by any chance you know of someone related to her, please let me know. I would be very pleased to get in touch and make sure the text I wrote does not contain any errors. My sources for this story are the book Le Convoi du 24 Janvier by Charlotte Delbo. Another source is the book A Train in Winter by Caroline Moorhead. Caroline Moorhead is another grand author. I highly recommend her work. My sources also are um, Red Triangles in Auschwitz by Claudine Cardon-Amet, the website Deporté Politique Auschwitz.fr, Mémoire Vive, the Foundation for the Memory of Deportation website and the fantastic website Auschwitz.org. Thank you very much for listening. The next episode will be about Louise Magadur and the Shave. 31,000, The Story of Two Trains of French Resistance a podcast by Mathieu Landour-Engel.